You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Late Night Pottage, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a podcast every day this week. They're going to be quick snacks of podcasts, 30 minutes, tell you about what happened the night before, get you primed and ready to go for the day of baseball to come, because that's what you do for the ALCS and the NLCS. Jack McMullen with Peter Apple. This is the Just Baseball Show on Tuesday, October 19th, and we are recording about midway through this Red Sox drubbing of the Houston Astros. What did we just watch for the first four innings of baseball? Well, we were going to plan a post-pod, but the Red Sox all-out blitzed <laughs> the Houston Astros, and we're watching the Monday Night Football simultaneously, and Kyle Schwarber with the 430-foot moon tank to right field. Left the bat at a cool 114 miles an hour. Immediately 6-0 in the second. I actually started tweeting out before. I say, oh, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Jose Ucurdy. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. Of course, it's playoff baseball. You know, making that joke because I took the over. And then I then tweeted out, I should have just waited until the end of the second inning because the Red Sox immediately jumped under Ucurdy. And now it's 9-3 to in the fifth inning. This game's not over, but... It's kind of over. Yeah, I mean, you've got Kyle Tucker hitting a three-run bomb. Kyle Tucker's a freak of nature to cut it to a six-run deficit. You know, Aram tweeted out, he said, be ready for Kyle Tucker being a top-10 player soon. Yeah. And I said, touche, because. (laughs) And then you texted me, Kyle Tucker's a freak. And then I just said, ah, six-hitter, decent. Because he's literally hitting sixth in this lineup. That's how crazy it is. Uh, Yuli Gurriel's hitting seventh because he's like the batting champ is on the bit of a downswing right now. He's going through a cold stretch, so he's hitting seventh. Um, This Astros lineup is stacked, but this Red Sox lineup has this sprinkle of magic that that they've got going on here. We were talking about it when it was us three on the podcast last week, and my reasoning for Red Sox and six was you just cannot replicate this magic that they're bringing to the field every single night and Kike Hernandez having two hits within the first four innings. Like these guys are just showing up when they need to. And we've seen it, you know, in the NBA, the best team almost always wins the NBA finals. 
in the NFL, you occasionally get, you know, this sleeper Super Bowl that actually wins it. But for the most part, the best team wins the Super Bowl that year. Mm -hmm. In baseball, I think it's a little bit more conducive to magic taking hold of an entire month and letting you ride. We saw it with the Kansas City Royals. We saw it with the New York Mets when they came up a little bit short. And we're seeing it now with the 2021 Boston Red Sox. Kind of reminds me of the 2019 Nats. Yeah. just a t- I mean, different, obviously, because the Nationals had that incredible array of starting pitching. But it's almost like you just reverse it and make it the 2021 Red Sox, except offensively. This offense, I mean... You talk about Kike Hernandez hitting almost 700 for the series. I forget who said the quote, but the quote itself is important enough to say that the Astros should start treating Kike Hernandez like the best player on the planet right now because he's simply playing like that, dude. Yeah. I mean, and not only is he doing so much at the plate, but even just a, he caught a lazy fly ball in the center and then fired it back into first base to almost nab the out. I don't know if you remember that in the fourth inning. Yeah. Just like that added energy means so much to a team. Like you see a guy firing, falling down to throw to first base in order to get the out for your team. Just the Red Sox, you're right. The magic, the moment it feels, especially in Fenway where that place is rocking. Right just feels like the Astros have ran into a train, but simultaneously, I mean, the Astros offense is pretty good. The series ain't over yet. No series ain't over yet. It'll be two, one Red Sox. And with magic in the postseason, every team that gets into the postseason is good at something. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox, you know, they were fine. They overperformed the expectations for their pitching staff, especially with Chris sale out for the overwhelming majority of the year. But that offense we knew had the capability of being exceptional. Absolutely. They became exceptional. They are outperforming the exceptional standard they set for themselves in order to become a playoff team. So you had to have a really good offense to get into the postseason with an average to slightly above average pitching staff. They got there. Now they turned it up from really good to unbelievably, amazingly, superbly great this is the best offensive performance we've seen in the playoffs in quite some time and John Smoltz said that he said we are on pace to see this all-time offensive performance from the Red Sox as a team and Kike Hernandez in 2021 in the month of October is on pace to go down in history books like oh do you remember how Kike got hot in 2021 same deal as a Rosarena in 2020. Same deal as Daniel Murphy back in 2015. Same deal as Reggie Jackson all the way back then, right? What Kike Hernandez is doing is he is the catalyst for this really talented offense to burst through the ceiling and grab the playoffs by the balls. And it's really impressive. And to that, it was such a good point right there. And I just want to piggyback on that and just keep talking about some of the unsung heroes in this series. I mean, you speak about Kike, he's hitting 667 currently with a 1500 slugging. Dude, he, his OPS is right at 2000 pretty much. I mean, come on now, but not only just him, 
Guys like Christian Arroyo is hitting 300 in this series. With the bomb. With the bomb. And and we always talk about the, you know, the J.D. Martinez's who's pulling his weight. He's hitting 300. The Rafi Devers. But he's hitting 250. Xander Bogarts hitting 273. But how about Alex Verdugo hitting 444? Christian Arroyo, I mentioned him. Even a Christian Vasquez hitting 286. There's no point in this lineup where you can relax. And I think maybe me included when I was looking at the Houston or the Red Sox offense, excuse me, I saw, okay, we can relax when we get to the bottom of the order. Not right now, not with this team. And when you can't relax one through one through nine in Fenway, you're going to get blitzed. And that's exactly what happened. The Red Sox have six guys with an OPS over 940 so far in the postseason. You've got two over a thousand. Kike coming into this past night, this game three win, was hitting 514 with an OPS just under 1600. JD Martinez, two fewer games, but he's got an OPS right under 1200 and and you're talking about the entire postseason i was just talking about this series just so no one gets confused yeah yeah i'm talking yeah. about the entire postseason wild card alds with the win over tampa and then now through the first three games uh against houston you've got alex verdugo at 991 with the ops xander bogarts who's sneakily got a 417 obp this postseason and has a 965 ops kyle Schwab, 955 <laughs> With the bomb, you can add that. And then Rafi Devers, 941 OPS. Like, all these guys are performing really, really well. And Devers is coming up with the timely hits and the timely extra base hits. We knew he could do that. Xander Bogarts, we knew he could do that. Were we thinking Kyle Schwarber was going to hit a 430-foot grand slam to break the game open? Maybe? Like, not really. Why when Kyle Schwarber hits home runs in big moments, it feels bigger? Why? So when he was... It was still, but why? So do you remember his home run? I want to say it was the wild card game in Chicago. It could have been an NLDS game, but do you remember when he parked a ball on the Budweiser sign out and right? Who could forget? That was like kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah, so... The the way that he was viewed in Chicago coming through the system, um, a lot of people called him Babe Effing Ruth during his first couple of years in Chicago. And you're shrugging like, yes, he kind of looks like that. And he you see that like swing. <laughs> you see the short, stocky, left-handed, badass MF that's hitting a ball 115 miles an hour and pelting somebody that is off of Duncan and Sam Adams. Like, <laughs> I mean, Schwerber looks like Babe effing Ruth right now. Do you think Boston fans are just dumping their Sam Adams in their Duncan cup with their iced coffee yes. and yelling Dunkey, at people? D- dude, Dunkies and Oktoberfest. That's what's running through these people's veins right now. Oh, I mean, winning is running through these people's veins. Can you imagine being in Fenway a Boston fan? Altuve makes an error. Jose Altuve, two. two, and then they go on to go up 6-0, and Colby Olsen, resident analytics guy, Red Sox fan, he's having the time of his life right now, Yeah, just hearing the F Altuve chants run wild. I mean, talk about being an Astros player and playing in Fenway. Talk about how much of a beast you must feel like 
as a player on the Red Sox right now, you feel like you, the world's behind you. Dude, we, we were talking about the Red Sox fan base and how it feels like, you know, the other 29 fan bases in Major League Baseball, if your team does something well, it's hooray, let's congratulate ourselves. Yeah. If the Red Sox <laughs> do something well, it's fuck you, enemy. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, you are the one who sucks. Like, we all would just watch the same game. Like, why are you getting mad at me? No, no, no. Fuck you. You. Like, why? Dude, uh, before we move on to the NLCS, I just brought up Dunkies, which is the lifeblood that fuels the dream of the Boston Red Sox, as magical as it is. You and I both. <laughs> you and I, I both. We're both holding the coffee cups. Like, right. We're holding. <laughs> oh, if you're watching on YouTube coffee. right now, you can tell it's late. Because Jack looks like he's sitting in a dark layer, and I have this well-lit room, you know? Yeah, I got to figure out the lighting. I got to get yeah. a lit light. I know you have a ring light. I got to get one of those, too. I have I'm five. Up, I'm, like, sitting up against a wall. I got I to gotta fix that. Um, your, but, voice, your voice makes up for it. You sound great. Thanks, man. You and I both view coffee as this very large aspect of our lives. No doubt. Dunkin' iced coffee kind of sucks. Sucks. Well, it's all, it's so, first of all, why is there so much ice in it? <laughs> they fill these enormous 7-Eleven cups to the brim with ice. Then they put this coffee that was basically just mixed with water in a Keurig. And then they put it in your cup and they're like, here's 450. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I just don't go to Duncan really. And it's not an anti-Boston thing. Maybe it is low-key an anti-Boston thing in my head that I'm not realizing. I don't but think so. I don't like the iced coffee at all. It's dull. It's got no flavor. It's other variations of dull. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm team Starbies here. But you know what? Give the Red Sox credit. Their offense is amazing. And it looks like they're trending well. So I'm excited to see what happens tonight in game four. And give Erod some credit. Seriously. I mean, we made the joke. He did give up the three-on home run. So his stat line is not going to look as good. But struck out the side against the, against the Astros in that second inning. And those are this is the best offense against left-handed pitching. And he has been bad at home this year. So it was probably a big confidence boost to get through those first couple of innings. He did end up getting, giving up the home run. It was a middle pitch, his one mistake of the night. But if I'm coming away from this, I'm not looking at that Erod stat sheet and saying, oh, a classic another Erod start. He actually did look great and made one mistake. Right. Right. Erod, I mean, tell you what, man, 96 in the first inning, that's a different Erod. That's a different Erod. And John Smoltz was actually saying something very interesting. He was like, when Erod is most effective, he is not throwing his changeup as hard. The difference between his fastball and his changeup, you want his changeup in like the high 80s. But when he's throwing at 90-91, there's not enough differentiator between the fastball and the changeup. So it's much easier to hit. But and John Smoltz was saying, "Hey, Erod, your changeup's ninety ninety one, but it was moving a ton." And then we saw what had happened. So that's the thing to look for when you're watching Erod start. What's the difference between the fastball and the changeup velocity, and how much is that changeup breaking off? Right. You know, not many starters can rely on a fastball and a curveball as two pitches, or a fastball and a slider. That is a reliever's bread and butter, where they have harder and harder. They have two pitches. The mm-hmm. way that starters survive with two pitches, and we've seen it, is fastball changeup. Yeah. You remember Marco Estrada? Of course. Good. Marco Estrada carved out a 12-year or something major league career just yeah. by going 
88 mile an hour fastball, 82 mile an hour changeup. Yep. And he had exceptional command of both. You can get through six innings every fifth day with fastball changeup because they look really similar until they're not similar anymore. And that's what Erod can be on his best day. And Ian Anderson has been doing kind of something similar. Exactly. Exactly. Ian Anderson, when he's got that changeup working and when he does have his fastball command, it's perfect. He struggled with command early, and that's why the Dodgers tagged him for two in game two of that NLCS. But he bounced back and he finished off a great game two start. Before we get in to Braves Dodgers, want to shout out the Just Baseball shirt that Pillbox Badco put out for the postseason. It's good, man. It's a good looking shirt. It hugs your arms. I know you work like hell on your arms. Um, you know, maybe a little bit less on core, but it, eh, core <laughs> is, it's hard. And it, it, it sucks. I like working on my arms, my shoulders, having it legs since ah, uh, it's alive. I've hit legs in the past couple of years. I was going to yeah. say since high school, but I've, I mean, does going on walks count as a yes? Yeah. yeah. Then I, I then I hit legs every day. Good. But to talk about the shirt, it really does fit well and it's nice material. It's not like one of those shirts that you're going to get and it's like kind of wide cut and it looks like you got it thrown from half court at a basketball game. No, this is like actually a nice shirt. And funny story, my roommate, he 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 went out in the city. He wore it Friday night, Saturday night, and then wore it for Sunday football. And he's like, this is just the most comfortable, like well looking shirt i've ever had he's just like it fits me really well and i'm like yeah keep wearing it it's good for the brand <laughs> perfect pick it up it's like i don't our... even care if it's the brand it's just like the shirt itself is so nice yes exactly it's our partnership with pillbox batco who puts out some unbelievable artwork great bat designs uh you can check it out you know we've got a link in pretty much all of our social media bios it's also going to be in the podcast description the just baseball shirt in partnership with pillbox batco a special for the postseason Good price, too. Great shirt. Go buy something. Holiday season. Man, you shipping me one? You already got one. Do you not have one yet? I don't have one yet. You shipping me one? Yeah, I'll ship you one. It's a nice shirt, I'm telling you. But let's talk Braves, Dodgers. And I have something to say. Okay, you go and then I'll go. I think I'm in on the Braves. Yeah, I hear you. I posted a TikTok. I was just thinking, taking a walk, and what's on my mind at 6 p.m. on a Monday? The Braves. Braves Dodgers. Yeah. I, I walk by and I see these two guys walking with Braves hats. And I'm like, you know what? The Braves need someone in their bucket. None of the national media is giving the Braves any sort of a chance. And I looked into the series. Why can't the Braves win? Do you want to face Charlie Morton in game three? I know Walker Buehler's on the mound, but what's to say that they can't win that game? Max Freed, the Dodgers can't hit lefties. Ian Anderson has proved that in another start, if he's in the postseason, he could shove two. And we're all worried about the bullpen, right? Bullpen's been the big problem with the Braves. It's not the offense, it's not the starting pitch, it's the bullpen. They have a 1.52 ERA in the playoffs this year as a bullpen. And do we even have to mention the offense? But something to mention about the offense, even though it's been scoring off the likes of Max Scherzer, Julio Arias, that Freddie Freeman hasn't gotten a hit in this series, Jack. He hasn't even gotten going. Why can't the Braves win this series? Tell me why. 
I can't give you a legitimate answer. That's why I think they're going to win this series. Is it going to be Braves Sox? <laughs> I think we'll it, that. it probably could be. Here's what I love about the Atlanta Braves right now. Talk Jock Peterson me. walking back to the dugout and saying, I'm a bad motherfucker. Like They have their version of Kike Hernandez. He's so fun. He's so fun. And it's just like, there's something else. You know what I love about this? What? It's Jock doing it against the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to love that shit. The team that didn't see him in the mix for any of these spots. He looks at AJ Pollock out there and says, fuck you. <laughs> that should be my job. Right? Yeah. No, it's, that's I, I laugh because it's like probably, ex- I mean, we have no idea, of course. And we're not saying he said this, but I mean, you're a guy. That's what like, I would be thinking. That's what I'd be thinking too. I hit 40 bombs for you. What did you do to put the Dodgers over the edge? You play good defense and you run the bases well and you occasionally get 25 homers in a, in a season? Like you're consistent? Okay, I'm Jock Peterson. I'm going to prove that I will kill you. And he's doing it. He's doing it. He's literally no, killing them. Here's the thing. No, no, it's just guys, funny how you said that because your voice is so strong, dude. When you say killing you, it sounds it sounds very dramatic. But that's whether how you like it or not. Think. You've been in that system. You've yeah. talked to these guys. You've talked to elite athletes. I've talked to elite athletes. And you know, and even if you haven't talked to them, if you just watch them yeah. and you see Patrick Mahomes count to 10 after he threw his fourth touchdown. These guys create their own motivation. They have to look for that. They can't necessarily throw a chip on their shoulder without doing something irrational. That's really smart. Peterson's making $7 million a year. He's going to find motivation somewhere. And if it's looking at the guy that made him an expendable piece for the Dodgers and saying, I'm better than you, I'm going to prove it to the team that viewed me as, you know, an asset and not a necessity to win. I'm going to kill them. Like, That's so smart, actually. Right? It's I never that. really thought about that. Obviously, you know, it came into my mind about the Dodgers-Braves thing about Jock. But yeah, you're right. I mean, we've talked to these athletes. They'll, they'll invent the chip for themselves. Yeah. Just like you said. You're so right. Dude, but- I... That's how human beings function, right? You look for something to push you through the day. And if this is pushing Jock through... And if he wants to unload on a ball and hit it 120 mile an hour, you know, piss missile at a truest park, like do it. And he did it. I have another thing about the Dodgers. Why I'm also slightly worried about them. They look exhausted. Yeah. Max Scherzer came in. In the fifth inning, he was throwing 92 miles an hour, Jack. That's not a power pitcher. That's what Jose Urquidy was throwing tonight. Julio Urias, three hits, two earned in an inning. He didn't have his best stuff either. They're almost throwing through the, okay, we have to separate our starters. They're just throwing the bucket at at the Braves right now. And I don't really think it's working. And you're going to tell me that Dave Roberts is a bad manager. I'm going to tell you that I don't think Dave Roberts is managing the bullpen. I think I think it's a script. I think it's all a script. I think the only manager that's actually making bullpen decisions is Alex Cora. Okay. Maybe fair. I'm fair. 
I think Dave Roberts is over managing the bullpen. I think that he's I don't trying even think to think it's his choice. choice. I think it's his choice. Why don't you think it's his choice? I because it doesn't it doesn't seem like the same decisions are being made. And I read um, I got an article sent to me in the Los Angeles Times, and it was it was about that. It was about the fact that the Dodgers front office is getting too cute with all this stuff. Cause you know that these front offices are giving their managers a script. Yeah. I mean, think about it. why is Mike Schilt taking calls from the Padres right now? Probably because he didn't follow or didn't want to follow the script that the Cardinals were probably giving him. And he's probably saying, I'm going to make some of my own decisions. And they were like, no. And that's probably why he's looking for another job. Not, And that's not anything wrong with Mike Schilt. It's I just can't. a difference of it's a difference of what the front office wants to do versus what the manager wants to do. I can't wait to play this game. Um, was it Mike Schilt or John Moselock that wanted to put Alex Reyes in in the wild card game? That's what I'm saying, dude. I, I don't. And, and it's funny because after the Kevin Cash, when Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell, everyone was saying, you know, that the Rays front office did it. But then they rushed to the side of Kevin Cash and was like, Kevin Cash was managing this. Like, it's Kevin Cash. He's the yeah. manager. I don't know. It's interesting. I think that Dave Roberts is trying to be too cute. I love your point that they look exhausted. It feels like the Braves have every weapon available out of the bullpen and in the rotation. And the Dodgers were trying to scrape together a plan, especially game one. I mean, you've got Max Freed here revved up, ready to go against who? Like, we know Knable's starting, but who's after that? We don't know. Game two, this is the Max Scherzer that just closed out game five three days ago, and he's ready to yeah. go again. But then you've got Ian Anderson revved up, ready to go. Tomorrow, well, today, I feel a lot better for the Dodgers case about arrested Walker Bueller against arrested Charlie Morton. But after that, you hit the wall because Arias came in game two and then he's slated to start game four. Like all of your really talented arms are being used right now and the Braves are sticking to their plan. And talk about talented arms and talking about just a confidence builder. Who have they scored these runs off of? Blake Trinan, Kenley Jansen, Max Scherzer, Julio Arias. The dogs, not oh, we got to hit off Vessia right. or Bickford or someone like that where we Even got a Gonsolin. bunch of runs. Gonsolin, yeah. another great example. No, 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 no. These are the dogs He's that the, the Braves guy. are going after. Yeah. So if I'm the Braves, who's going to beat me? Who You bring in Kenley, we, we already got to walk off on him. You bring in Trinan, doesn't matter. Scherzer, your best pitcher? Nope. Julio Arias, we already got him. I want to to end on this thought. Back-to-back walk-offs. Game one, game two, right? Austin Riley, game one. Eddie Rosario, game two. We talk about the Red Sox magic. The Braves have some magic, too. Absolutely. They may have more magic. Is it harder to beat the Dodgers, or is it to beat the Astros? Actually, I don't even know. So maybe they have the same amount of magic. Yeah. (laughs)
the Red Sox, you know, you, you see it by them just absolutely unloading runs at times. And you see these, you know, out of body experiences for these guys. Um, it, it's nine, three Boston in, in the bottom six. of the sixth right yeah. now. Um, you know, you see it with the offensive onslaught for the Red Sox. Yeah. For the Braves, you see it with this 23-year-old putting together another quality start. Yeah. And then you've got Tyler Matzik getting you through the seventh. And then Luke Jackson getting you through the eighth. Like, those guys aren't supposed to be doing that. Will Smith in the ninth. This team's good, man. They just they just got it. They, they're good at everything. What are they bad at? Where's their weakness? I can't really find one. I guess you would still say the bullpen, but you said one five two ERA in the postseason. One point five two, the best bullpen ERA in the playoffs. Next best Dodgers at two two five. Astros and Red Sox both in the threes. That's a lot better. Enough that the four teams that are still left all had the best bullpen ERAs in the playoffs. Makes sense because you know wins are taken later in the games, but still. Best bullpen performances for best teams are still in the playoffs. I was thinking if the Braves were going to survive, they were going to do it in track meets of games. You, you know, would think that. Seven wins. They haven't had that. They've had a bunch of low-scoring games against Milwaukee and then now against the Dodgers. They're keeping that Dodger offense in check. How's that happening? I'm telling you, Morton Freed and Ian Anderson is an incredible three. It is. We talked about this. Ian Anderson is a legit two. I'm, yeah. I don't care. He is. So Freed, you can argue, is a one. And Morton in the playoffs, even in the regular season, he was phenomenal. Is he there could anything be better two. than a one? <laughs> no, yeah, a zero. Yeah, I don't know. So then I think to myself, why can't they win Braves in seven? Shit, I might say Braves in six right now. <laughs> But then again, I also said at the end of the TikTok, I was like, would we be shocked if the Dodgers won four straight? No, absolutely not. <laughs> but not calling that. I'm on the Braves train. Braves. I'm still sticking with Houston in seven, though. I think Houston's going to come back. Oh, it's 11-3. All right, I'm thinking of Braves-Red Sox World Series. J.D. Martinez just hit a 106-mile-an-hour home run. Went... 395 feet and it is now 11 to 3 i would have felt bad personally while we're recording in the middle of the game i am a i i need sleep i like to go to bed as early as possible so i was like all right red sox are up let's record and now at least the astros didn't come back but the red sox are ahead 11 3 i love sleep he's at peter apple 23 on twitter i'm at jack underscore mcmullen 11 on twitter we're at just bb media on twitter at just baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram. Find us on YouTube with video versions of the podcast with, you know, kind of the best of clips uh, out there on YouTube. Find us there at Just Baseball. We also have a Discord at Just Baseball. Find us, twitch.tv slash Just Baseball fans. Five-star review. Tell us what you like on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get us. And... I think he killed it. Braves, Dodgers today. Astros, Red Sox today. We got a huge day of baseball. Thank you, everybody.